So here it is. No opportunity for delay. Spotlight is here, my time, my day, and the people want to know who I am. <laughs> Presented with what is unanswerable for others, I recognize this ain't no ordinary average task. So many people have become one with their mask that who are you sounds like an uncomfortable interrogation instead of an open invitation for your voice to be heard. But for me, my journey demanded that the mask not only come off but be destroyed. So I welcome the moment to grab the mic on the subject of me. Finding me this beautiful journey of learning how to embrace me, unlearning and then learning correctly who I am, not who I'm supposed to be, figuring out exactly why and how God created me to be and then being cool with that. And not just cool, but actually loving that, realizing that my history set me up for this very moment. My past of suicidal thoughts, depression, and truly mistaken identity, trying to fit in with the program instead of letting the world take me as I am or leave me be. I had to keep going and growing until I learned how to unapologetically rock with me from shying away from the name to embracing that the word is who I be. God literally created and ordained me to speak. Baby, I was born with a mic in my chest and I accept no less than shedding light and truth, whether it's comfortable or not from hiding and shrinking back to now announcing that I know I'm one of the baddest things on two legs walking. I'm something like awesome. And when I proclaim for my future, I'm not just talking. I understand who I follow. So I know where I'm headed and I've accepted that everybody can't go. <laughs> this version of me is better because I've learned how to let go dead weight, fear, pretending that I'm not amazing. <laughs> That's got to go. Woo, girl, you sounding so cocky. You might want to slow your roll. I tell you what, you do you and let God do he in me. I cannot play small when the greater one is in me. Speaking words ain't just what I do. It's who I am. Darling, I am the word. It's not just my calling and purpose, but also my birthright. What's in a name? Well, for me, literally everything. It explains my mission from before I was formed because in the beginning was the word. Word, right? And no, I don't claim to be Jesus Christ, but he do be with me everywhere that I go. <laughs> so whether or not you accept me and my flow, I will never be silent. You are more than welcome to dislike it, but I carry that lion with me. So please watch how you step to me because I do not match energy. Baby, I am a whole mood. Organic like Whole Foods, original, uncopied. I cannot be mass produced, genetically modified, nor assembly line reproduced. But God added just the right amount of salt to preserve me for such a time. And at his command alone, I release my words and my rhymes but I do not use my words to weaponize. Instead, I offer healing. My lyrics be a medicinal effect without the sickening side effects, but I might come across like a pain in the neck or better yet a headache or heart palpitations because the truth do cut deep sometimes. Whatever the case, I'm not just here to motivate, therapize, or give goosebumps with my rhymes. My aim is to level up your thinking and elevate your mind with the word. But I had to get here first, to the place where I asked myself, what's in a name? To embrace that for me, it was literally everything purpose came clear destiny came near and haters got more pissed off than ever that's to be expected but still i'm clinging to the word my name no excuses no exceptions but 
if one day Mr. Rose wants to add a missus to his Jalen, holler at me. I just might change it. Or maybe I'll hyphenate it. Or better yet, maybe I'll give my heart and keep the name as is. The word is just so much more than an ancestral slave master's raw deal. It is literally my divine father's will that I speak the word, come hell or high water. And because of it, some shaky connections will falter. Some lives will be altered and some church folks will be offended. But it is what it is. I am his beloved child in whom I am well, I know he is well pleased. His anointing on me is all the permission I need. And with that in my mind, I will never cease to be and speak the word. Oh, my <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is the word. Okay, we just got a whole word. Welcome to season two of MJ and the Word podcast. I am MJ. And if you don't know by now, I am the word. BJ word to be exact. What's up, man? (laughs) What up, though? I think they all know it now. I I was like, yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You touched on so many gems. First, let me ask you this. What inspired you to write this particular piece? Because it was... It was fire, and I was like, oh, we're going we gonna to digest this and break this down. You know what? I think, you know, when we made the decision to kind of open up the season with telling people who we are and giving an intro, I think what inspired me is just where I am right now. I, yes. Y'all, like, I wish y'all was in the studio with us right now so you could just feel the energy, right? Yes. I think just coming into me, fully embracing who I am and realizing that that's good enough. You dig? Like, I've I've not been here before mentally. So I tell people, these 40s, this year, (laughs) being in your 40s, it's like the best ever um, mental space. And I I think that's really what inspired it was for me to just dig deeper and shed off all the, you know, I'm not going to say that or maybe I shouldn't put that in there and just, like, go for it. Just be myself because God is pleased with who I am. Yes. And you know what I love? Like, you talked about your name. You talked about, like, this is who I am. I am the word. Mm-hmm. And, like, I speak the word. I had to write that down. I was like, that is dope. And I always, you know, I always joke with you and say, man, that's a cool last name for a spoken <laughs> word. <laughs> like, I was like, I wish my last name was word. <laughs> but it really is. It, it really is a big part of your identity. It's more than just a name. It's who you are. It is. And you, But you know what, MJ, it's crazy because I, for a long time I didn't like I didn't like it. Because I was teased about it. I put that in there. I was teased about it so much as a kid, you know. And then when Cameo came out with Word Up, oh, my (laughs) God. I'm like, oh, oh, this is never going to stop. And and then people getting it wrong, you know, Ward, Woods, Wade. It's just so hard for people to accept that, oh, it's really Word, W-O-R-D. It's, like, really that simple and that profound. Yeah. So I didn't like the name for a long time. I couldn't wait to get married and you know for somebody to change it but here I am at 42 finally realizing like dude God been trying to tell me something since my birth like <laughs> girl you got a message so here I am speaking into people's lives every day as a therapist um finally embracing that I want to be in this motivational speaker space and want to dominate it and want to be up in front of the people with a mic in my hand that was a whole identity issue with me. Like Mm. that was a challenge for me to get to a place where I said, yes, I do want to do this. (laughs) Right. And being a spoken word artist, it's just, um, I feel like my last name was just kind of God's message to me my whole life. Like, can you please listen? I'm trying to tell you (laughs) what it is that's going to make you happy. That's going to change people's lives. That's going to change your life. If you just embrace, you know, that that's who you are. Yeah. 
You know what that made me think of when you said that, like, can you just stop and listen? You know, um, the color purple with God is trying yeah. to tell you something. Exactly. And, and, you know, it's it's been a part of you for a long time. Um, and, you know, what's interesting because you talked about the motivational speaker um, aspect. And, you know, I've always thought, like, you would be super dope. I could see you in a stadium packed out with 10,000 people just, you know, inspiring folks because that is a space where you really shine. Yeah. So, like, what have, what have you been up to in terms of, like, trying to get that off the ground and get more people to know, like, this is who I am. I, yeah. I inspire others. I, honestly, it's been more of a mental journey than anything for me because when I say it took a long time for me to say that that's what I wanted to do, Yeah. it took a long time, you know, for me to be a woman – and a black woman and, you know, raised the way that I was. It was a lot of um, people talking about humility when it really was shame that they were teaching. And, you know, don't don't always you always want to don't be up in front of people. You know, it's something that you hear your whole life. Well, she just she just want to be seen, you know. So just or rather directly or indirectly hearing those things. I internalized it. So mm-hmm. it's like I don't want people to think that I want to be up in front of folks. So a big part of getting into the space was just embracing it. I do want to be up in front of folks. Okay. I do. That's and it's not just a want. It's what I was designed to do. <laughs> so now I am I am uh accepting more engagements. I, I actually uh I went to Dubai with a group of entrepreneurs at the beginning of the year and I actually spoke. I didn't even I don't even know if people knew that, but I was one of the uh, speakers for the empowerment session that we had while we were there. And so just um not looking at it as just a hobby or just something that I do as a passerby, but actually taking the steps to turn this into a career. Um, And it's not easy, you know, because there are not a whole lot of examples of women dominating the space, Mm -hmm. the way that I see myself being able to be in it in my head, but I'm just trying to follow some of the examples that are there. Um, Lisa Nichols is a big inspiration for me. So just trying to pattern myself after what, you know, I see, but still making it my own, in other words. Yes. And I can I just tell you, when I look at those pictures of you in Dubai, I was like, I don't know what's happening over there, what's in the water, what's in the sand, <laughs> what's, what's in the air. But um, you were just blowing. I mean, you could tell that you were in a place of, like, serenity, and you were just really figuring out, like, okay, what yeah. do I want to do next? Yeah. And, and I, I just saw the transformation happening. Mm-hmm. I could just look at the images of you, and, and I just knew. I was like, okay, she's on a transformative journey yes. over there. So, yes. yeah, tell us a little bit more I, about it because I, I, I was, will. like, living through you a little bit. You know what? <laughs> because the trip was purposeful, okay? And I plan to go back to Dubai, you know, many times to have all the fun in the world and do all the adventurous things. And we had a great time. We did a lot of fun things. But the lady who put the trip together is is actually my mentor. And when I tell you this woman, purpose is what she does. She mm. She's intentionality is it for her, okay? So everything she does is strategic, down to the letter. And because of that, her life is just abundantly blessed because she does not do stuff circumstantially. So the purpose for this trip was to change our our mindset and Mm. to change our lives. And so the things that we did on the trip, just every single thing spoke to me in such a way that I knew when I came back, I would not, I was not going to be the same. Mm. And even while I was there, we had a chance to sit and talk and I, you know, tears just flowed from me because I was like, I can't go back to living life how I've been living it before. You know, I'm good as a therapist, but all day long, you know, talking to people and and knowing that there's more for me to do. I just knew that when I came back, I was never going to be the same. And, And so the experiences that I had there, 
checking some of my biases, okay, being able to talk to people from a completely different faith and share commonalities with them and feel love coming from, you know, Muslim people and look at them and, and be able to call them brother and sister. It, it was just amazing. Not to mention, I wanted to do a, like a DNA, ancestry DNA, because <laughs> I felt so connected with the desert. Wow. It, it, it was a piece that was almost spooky. For me, when we were out in the middle of the desert, we went uh, doom bashing. Then we had a time to just be in the desert and take pictures. And I felt more connected than I do when I'm on the beach, when I'm in the mountains. It was like, this is my place. I don't know. I can't explain it, but it it definitely changed my life for sure. Yeah, no, that is so, that is so dope. And so, you know, I guess I'm wondering because you, you've had a chance to experience this. And now you're in a position where you can help bring a similar experience to other women. So, like, do you have, like, a target audience of, like, yes. folks you want to work to? Did you want to work specifically with women? Yes. Or, okay. Tell Absolutely. us more. <laughs> My, I'm, I'm coming for women who have been living as they've been told to live and mm. it's not working for them. I'm coming for you, sis. Com- I'm com- I don't care what color you are. I'm coming for you. I'm, I'm coming for movement. you. Know what? <laughs> I'm coming for them even right now in my therapy. I've noticed a, a change has taken place, even with the people, the type of clients that I attract. It's a lot of women that just need permission for somebody else to say, "Girl, go live. Mm-hmm. Do that thing that you that you wanted to do." I know you might be a wife, you might be a mother, you might have been on this path, but there are so many women who are suffocating under their labels. They're suffocating under that life lifestyle that somebody else told them this is the pattern you're supposed to follow they might have been a teacher all their life and now they want to go do something else girl I'm coming for you I am coming for you because I just believe that when you live according to how you are designed and you live according to how God created you there is a peace right there your money is right there your purpose is right there helping other people is right there in that space but sometimes life and all of the things that are attached to it can really stop you from being yourself so true and so that's who i yes i'm coming for women and i'm i'm looking really 35 and over Mm -hmm. um but more so even women 40 and over like a rebirth can take place you can you can reinvent yourself at any moment you don't have to just keep going down a path because you've always been going down that path you can take a turn at any point and do something else do something that really makes you feel alive and, and also getting to know who you are without all of the things, without the, the, the job title, without the title of wife, without the title of mother, without being a daughter. You know, I'm a caretaker for my parents now, but but I'm somebody underneath all of that. And so, girl, freeing women, helping us to see who we are underneath all of that stuff, because that's, that's going to make the world better. It is. And you know, you know what I love particularly about the target audience you're reaching out to is um, it, it made me think of Michelle Yao. She's an actress. She just won a, an Academy Award. Uh, she's the first Asian actress to win an Academy Award um, for the Best Actress um, category in mm-hmm. particular. And, you know, she I believe she's in her 50s. And one of the things she said is, there's so, ladies, there's no such thing as a woman being past her prime. For all the Ooh, people I who told it. me that, you know, it was too late for me, I just want you to look at me and see, look, Look, I didn't reach the ultimate level of success right. now in my 50s at this <laughs> right. age. Right. Um, and so I just love that when you talked about rebirth, because a lot a lot of times we think like, oh, well, you know, I didn't do it at a certain age, mm-hmm. so it might be too late for me. But mm-hmm. I think 
there are so many of us out there who need to hear what you have to say. Yes, and, and who deserve it and who need to understand that you deserve to be happy every day. You deserve to be at peace every day. You deserve yes. to have good days. You don't just have to live your life obligated to other people. Says who? You can take time for yourself. You can go do things on your own. I have so many women that follow me that be like, I never went to a restaurant by myself. And I just be like, oh, well, you need to stay with me, sis. Hang with me. <laughs> you hang with me tight enough, you're going to be going on whole vacations on your own. Right. You know, it's <laughs> just about, you know, not about shunning men at all. <laughs> but it's it's about being whole yourself so that if you are in a relationship or not, not you don't feel like there's a big piece of chunk of your life missing you know what I mean and there are so many women who are in long-term marriages even and they're not satisfied because their identity is wrapped up in their in their mate and now they're trying to figure out who am I on the other side of all of this I'm that's the ones I'm coming for all of y'all <laughs> I love it. And you are you are doing it. Your post went viral. You got Tabitha Brown retweeting. I'm like, how do I not retweeting but reposting on Facebook? I'm like, how do I how do I get to BJ's level? I'm trying. You know what? It's it's about though, it is honestly about being at the best level of MJ. Yeah, there and you I, go. And you know what I I'm saying? Because Tabitha Brown inspires me so much and I yes. think in so many ways she freed me to be to to get to this space. Yes. You know what I mean? She gave me permission to be a southern woman to be over 40, to, to have a country accent and to just end to talk about God and be myself. You understand what I'm saying? And not have to be super churchy. I don't have to be up behind a pulpit. I can do things in a different way. And she gave permission for that, you know? And so I, that's what I want to do for other women. But it's, it's absolutely about being on your level, whatever your level looks like, you know? Yeah, I yeah. respect it. Yeah, I respect it. You know, so that's it's it's been a transformative year good, good. <laughs> between well, now and last season. So and, and we're just getting warmed up, right? We are the just getting warmed is up. Only beginning. Yes, uh, there's a lot more transformation that's gonna happen. So, yes. uh, yeah, no, I'm loving it. So we want to hear, but but before I kick it over, shout out to Jalen Rose, Jalen. <laughs> if you ever hear this, please don't sue me, sir. I'm just a fan. Okay, I'm just a, a major. Jalen Rose fanatic. Yes, she I, is. I, I just am. I just I can't help it. All right. So I threw your name in the, in the poem. No disrespect. <laughs> Please don't tie me up in litigation. I promise you, it's not worth it. All right. I don't think he will. So I, I, I'm hoping he he would be flattered if he ever does get to hear it. But I did mean it though, Jalen. Yeah, I know. I saying. caught that. I was like, she really mentioned Jalen. I really did. I really did. I've been wanting to put his name in the spoken word piece for a while. But you know that I admire him so much on so many different levels in the stance that he takes. And he t goes against the grain, too. He does. And I think that I just tend to lean towards people who go against the grain and who will say something that everybody else is saying, don't say that. They'll say it anyway. And so that's one of the reasons I admire him. But um, so that's me. That's where I've been. That's what's been going on with me between season one and season two. So uh, MJ, I'm ready to pass you the mic. Well, sis, I got to tell from. you, <clears throat> let, me, let me clear my throat a little bit. Got a little froggy. Sis, I got to tell you, it's going to be a good year because it's the year 23. And you know, I'm usually modest and don't get me wrong, I'm all about humility, but it's the year of 23, and I've decided that this year I'm coming with that confident Angel Reese energy, and all year long I'm honoring queens who shaped me in America's history. Who am I? I'm a whole lot of Angela Davis mixed with a little bit of Condoleezza, got some Phyllis Wheatley in me combined with the creative artistry of Frida. I'm a truth teller like Audre Lorde with the soothing demeanor of Aaliyah. Harriet Tubman and Maya Angelou raised me, so I'm feeling good like Nina. 
the elegance of Dorothy Dandridge and the voice that moves you like Lena, stand my ground like Rosa and beloved like the Tejano Queen Selena, singing what's love got to do with it like the iconic Tina, glass selling breakers like Justice Kanji, Katanji Brown Jackson united with the greatness of Serena, I am her and she is me. And there's no way we can talk about MJ without talking about the influence of these women's legacies. It's the year 23. This year, we are putting respect on black and brown women's names while recognizing how much we achieved and overcame. I, too, am an overcomer. I, too, am resilient. I, too, am an inspiration. I, too, am brilliant. I, too, will no longer allow society to shame me and other melanated women for living in our excellence, for living in our confidence. I am Angel Reese, and she is me. I am at peace with being me, <clears throat> and I won't stop until every black woman knows that she is she. I am all of she, and I am all of me, and because of their legacies, I am present in this moment, and I am alive and well in the year of 23. Oh, my <laughs> God. Y'all... <laughs> I'm about to, like, I'm holding back tears. I know, you're about to cry, sis. I'm about to cry. Listen. I really am, and I don't care. That's my business. If I cry, it's my business, okay? Listen, I need I need the audience to understand this. We don't hear each other's pieces before we come into the studio, y'all. When we come in here, that is the first time I've heard her piece, and today is the first time she's heard mine, yes. okay? So the reactions that you're getting are real. It's natural. It's raw. And when it connects the way that it did today, when the theme is the same, when yes. we, we just said, like, let's write pieces of uh, intro in ourselves. That's that's it. That's all the, the parameters we had. But to hear your piece, these two pieces could be put together. They could. Like, <laughs> we could do oh, an opening. And by the way, we're putting the promo out there. If you need somebody to come to your event, we are happy to do openings. We oh, do. Oh, my <laughs> But God. no, seriously. Seriously, yeah. The the theme of it all. And MJ, I want you to go into a little bit of, because you've had to really struggle to mm -hmm. get to this place of, you're, you still are. Because mm -hmm. I think in, in terms of uh, the public light, MJ is doing so much in Memphis, y'all. If you just, her name is out there because um, philanthropy is her thing. DEI mm -hmm. is her thing. And so she's winning awards. And with that comes nonsense. It does. And, it, it, and with that comes um, hateration, holleration in the dance arena. Okay? It does. Okay? Uh, inside and outside. So just talk about some of the ways that you might have overcome some of those negative voices and some of those uh, challenges to be at this place where you like, I'm me, period. I'm, right, I'm me. And you know what? I talked about like several black women in particular who I know experienced a lifetime of trying to to break glass ceilings or to try to, you know, prove like, look, I am me. Like, I, I shouldn't have to change. I shouldn't have to feel like I got to change up my style to make you comfortable. And I think once I got to that point of, you know what? I'm going to make some folks uncomfortable just mm. being me. Mm -hmm. Like our, our black excellence makes some folks uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. There's nothing we can do about that though. Mm -hmm. And once I made up my mind, like I'm not going to downplay anything. I can't downplay being ambitious. Mm. I can't downplay being uh, goal oriented. I can't downplay the fact that, you know, I have some really big dreams mm -hmm. and not everybody is going to understand my dreams. And 
like, I think once I reached that point, I was like, you know what? This is me. And I started to own it. And uh, the reason I talk specifically about Angel Reese, uh, and for folks who don't know, Angel Reese is uh, she plays for Louisiana State University. She's at Mm -hmm. LSU and they just won the championship. But, you know, I'm watching society try to tear down this queen. Right. Because she's confident. Because she's talented. Because she don't fit into a box. And I was like, you know what? No, I am Angel Reese. I'm Angel Reese and she is me. Right. You know, we deserve the opportunity to to shine. We Mm -hmm. deserve to feel confident. And so, yeah, I'm just, I'm at that stage in life where I'm like, you know what? Everybody may not understand me and my journey, but this is me. Yes. I love it. It, I'm going to cry. Girl, (laughs) it is is so annoying to watch so much uh, attention go towards her just being confident on the court, people are talking about that more than they're talking about all the hard work she's done and all the, exactly. the, the win, the, you know, everything that it means. It's just, it's, it's insane. It just shows me where we're not as a society. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> we, we can't even pretend that we are as progressive as we um, could be. Right. Yeah. Because you do have that, those loud voices that are, you know, constantly telling you to shrink back all the and time. It's like, I'm not going to do that. You step up. Mm-hmm. You get bigger. Why do I have to be smaller? <laughs> exactly. And you know what? And I think, too, seeing Angel go through that whole situation, it made me really think about, like, you know what? We are all we have sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's it's black women. Like, we have to be, like, right there, locked up. Like, nah, sis, I got you. Mm-hmm. Like, they can try to tear you down, but we in this together. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that was part of the inspiration, too, of me, including all the different women that I named. Um, cause I was like, no, we, we, we in this together. We are sisters. We are united. And that, that's a big platform of ours and our show. And so, yeah, but just, I don't know. She was a big inspiration for this week. Cause I was just like, no, nah, I'm not feeling how society treats black women, <clears throat> excuse me, y'all, and women of color in general, but especially black women. Right. There is a lot of anti-blackness in our society. And I'm like, nope. What, we, what we're not going to do is downplay anything. We're going to keep shining. We're going to keep elevating, and we're going to keep growing. Absolutely. Yep. Now, there were lots of names that you mentioned in your piece, which is why <laughs> I, I think did. it just made me so emotional to think about we are them, and they are us, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so was there a um, particular method that you use for the names that you chose or are they people that had like all had a personal um, influence in your life? Talk about that a little bit. A bunch of women that were really specific. Um, and at some point I either looked up to these women or still do. So I'm looking at the list. I, I named Angela Davis, you know, icon black Panther. And then I even talked about Condoleezza, you know, she just brings a certain poise and grace to, uh, you know, the, her profession. And I talked about Phyllis Wheatley, and I talked about Audre Lorde, Maya Angelou, and I specifically said Harriet Tubman and Maya Angelou raised me because, I, you know, I have a great, great uh, admiration for them. But, yeah, every one of these women I named, I actually looked up to, or I still do, yeah. I should say. So, yeah. yeah, my entire life it has been, like, these women. And, and many other women that I didn't name, um, they, they have had a direct influence on me and saying, mm-hmm. you know what, let me be a little more confident. Let me sit up straight. Yeah. Let me show up in this room authentically the way Frida Kahlo would. 
Because, you know, she she did some some outlandish, and she's not a black woman, she's a Hispanic woman, but she did some outlandish Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> and where people were like, this woman is crazy, but she still lived in her truth and artistry. Mm-hmm. And she was like, this is my art. This mm-hmm. is who I am. Same thing with Nina Simone and Lena yes. Horne. Uh, Serena, you know, we, we watched Serena be great. And yeah. some of the things she had to go through, they yeah. shamed her for her body mm-hmm. and shamed her. Oh, look at her. She don't look like these other mm-hmm. thin European women, but mm-hmm. she is who she is. Mm-hmm. She's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at some point, like we all have to sit back and just look at other, other folks who have gone through similar things and mm-hmm. say, you know what, how did they get to that point? Mm-hmm. And uh, all of these women I named, most of them got to the point that they're at by living in their truth. Right. Yes. I love that. I love that. Some of the stuff we're talking about, y'all could be a whole episode it on could. its own. <laughs> and it probably will end up being that because, you know, we could really go down some rabbit holes right now, but I'm not going to give you too much, but I am going to ask MJ this. I'm going to get in her business just a little bit yeah, because cool. you are bold. You are what I would consider to be strong. Um, we'll talk about your, you know, disabilities a little bit. Um, or your ADA um, th- situations a little mm-hmm. bit um, in, in one of the shows. But just being bold, being strong, being confident, being someone that has to be a voice um, and occupying the space of being feminine, mm-hmm. okay? <laughs> Y'all can't see me, but I got a petty face on right now because <laughs> it's annoying to me that it, it people act like if a woman speaks up, if she is a leader in her yeah. space, if she is confident – then she is doomed to a life of miserable, angry singleness, and she'll <laughs> never have a man. And it, you know, MJ's defying the odds because she's all of those things, and she's happily married. Like <laughs> she's bold, she's confident, she speaks her mind, she speaks her truth, and she's happily married to a man. So, <laughs> um, talk about that a little bit. Is that? a struggle do you feel that there is is any struggle there or that you get accused of of masculinity because Mm. you're bold or that you're trying you're dominating over your husband because you speak up in your workplace people act like we don't know how to separate i know but anyway talk about that toxicity of it all but you know what i'll tell you um i have not had anyone accuse me of dominating or outshining my husband ever um I think a lot of people know like that I'm naturally ambitious so when they see me doing my thing they like oh okay that's just MJ um and even my husband and I now we've had to have conversations in the past like even when we were dating I told him like look I am like I got big goals I have big dreams I want to do all of these different things I want to be a CEO one day Mm -hmm. at the time I wanted to be a university president uh, but I'm good on that now. <laughs> but, you know, but the thing that made our relationship and makes our relationship so special is that he got it from day one. Yes. And it was never like, okay, I want you to downplay mm-hmm. who you are mm-hmm. to make me feel better about myself. Because the thing is, he has his own thing going on, too. The man mm-hmm. got, he, you know, he got a PhD. He's working on a, another master's in data Talk science. Mm-hmm. So he has his own accomplishments and his own thing that he does. He's more in the academic space. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, I'm more kind of in the spotlight because, you know, I run my own company. But, right. But, you know, again, there, I'm sure there are folks out there like, dang, she just, she doing all the things. But I have never 
felt for my husband like he felt like, oh, you need to downplay. Because it, it, that would be a problem if he did. We probably right. wouldn't be together right. if he told me, okay, you're doing too much. I need you to, like, just bring it down a notch because I can't. This is a part of me. Right. And so there's not any competition. No competition. You're not trying to outman him. That never. Y'all just working together. <laughs> we we balance each other well. And you know what? And it's nice for me too, like to have those moments. Like, okay, I just worked a long 12, 13 hour day. Now I could just come home. I can chill. We can relax. We can have a glass of wine. I can cook, whatever. So, you know, I don't shy away from any of it. Like mm-hmm. I know my life is a little busy and chaotic at times, but I, I fully embrace all of those identities, include the identity of being a wife. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I love it. Y'all feel so many different shows. We already have our shows lined up for season two, but I'm just seeing pop-ups in my spirit, honey, because, you know, th- that's a topic that I feel like needs to be addressed. And it's, you know, strength is something that um, came out so much in your spoken word piece. That's Thank what you. what made me go down that road is because you're talking about women who are strong, yes. women who have gone against the grain and you know you are one of those people that's going against the grain um yeah. for those you don't know mj is completely deaf right in the in one ear in, in one ear. ear and then in the is it the right ear the, yeah so i can't hear out of the right ear um and then i can hear just fine in my left in ear. the left so I can ear hear none, yeah and on top of that she has dyslexia as yeah. well so her whole life is is defying odds okay yeah. so there's no space in the universe where she is going to be sitting in a chair just being quiet that's just not (laughs) that's just not how she's made and so I think that for people to um put this crap out here that you have to be a certain way in order to have a healthy marriage or healthy relationship I think it's a slap in God's face Mm. uh for the way for women that he made that are not just we just not at home just cooking and just you know, being subservient. And there are men who, like you said, your husband doing their own thing who don't even want that. They're not even looking for somebody who won't speak up and who won't. So I just want us to dead that, you know, just, just cut that out because I feel like that's a, a media inspired thing that we are falling for the okie doke on both sides. Um, especially in the black single community. Like Mm. we think men think this and men think we think that, and nobody's actually talking to each other to see what's really going on. It's just, you get that one viral post and all the craziness underneath it. And then everybody's like, I see these, these men want this. And it's like, do they really, are they saying that? And these women just want to be men. Do we really, is that what we saying? (laughs) Because I don't want that. You know, that's not what I'm looking for, you know? So I'm glad that you just kind of let the strength flow through your poem because that's what made me go down that rabbit hole. But anyway. Yeah, and I appreciate you. And one thing I know um, you you, you just brought it up. You talked about, like, me being dyslexic and hard of hearing, and that has absolutely shaped my identity as well. And so I do want to put that out there and just say part of the reason I'm not scared to be different is because I've always been different. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it's like when you have all those intersectional identities and people see you as like, oh, well, wow, can she can she read? Can she hear? You know, right. <laughs> there's these misconceptions. And, like, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm just as much as a, you know, I love to learn and read books like anybody else. Um, but you embrace that. Like, it becomes a mm-hmm. part of you over time. Mm-hmm. And so much so where it's like, you know what? Society already see me as different anyway, so I might as well lean into right. that. And do something that nobody else is doing. Be mm-hmm. creative. 
be innovative. Mm-hmm. Um, and so absolutely, it's a that all of that shapes who I am. That's what's yeah. up, man. So, okay, one more question for you. So okay. you, you talked about one of the, the things that I loved about your piece was where you kept repeating, I am she, she is me, mm-hmm. you know, just bringing that unity together. Um, talking about those giants and including Angel Reese as, as one of mm-hmm. those giants, as young as she is, that sister is, is you know, she going places, I believe. A lot of those young sisters are. But um, talking about Angela Davis and, and Phyllis Wheatley and Harriet Tubman, is there a fear factor that pops up in your mind from time to time as you are running your own business, as you are standing in front of people and occupying these spaces that how do you deal with that voice that mm. says the opposite that says, girl, you know, shrink down, shrink back. Yes. Is that a thing for you? And if so, how do you handle it? Oh, without question. It is. Um, and I think any person who's ever had to be in a position where they're at the forefront of something or they're leading it or they're at the face of a business or the face of anything. Mm-hmm. It, it, and it, you don't have to be a business owner to feel it. You could just be in some position where people see you. You're highly visible. There are going to be times where you're like, okay, I feel nervous. I feel scared. I hope this resonates with people. Um, and just even some of those women I named, <clears throat> I know that they personally dealt with, like, because I'm trying to think of who all I named, but I know some of them have personally been open about their journeys and how they, they were afraid, but they did it anyway. Mm. They were brave anyway. Especially, it's no way you can tell me that Harriet Tubman, <laughs> Harriet Tubman went back that first time and was like, I don't feel any fear at all. I know she had to feel a little bit of nerves, a little bit of anxiety, but sh- her mission was so strong. And she knew that her mm-hmm. mission had to guide her through all of it, mm-hmm. through the fear, through the the, the nerves. Um, and same thing with me. Like, I feel like my mission is so strong that I let that just guide me. Like, yeah. and, you know, my, and my faith in God, too. So, yeah, I'm absolutely always in positions where I'm like, okay, do I need to pivot? Do I need to do this? Mm-hmm. Am I doing this right? Will this, you know, resonate with folks? But at the same time, because yeah. I know that my mission is so strong, I'm like, I know, I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. That is a beautiful thing. And I'm going to answer my own question a little bit yeah, on that I was going to ask you that one too. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, cause sometimes as, as a therapist, people think that you just have it all together and you don't deal with some of these same issues, but I absolutely deal with that. Mm-hmm. You know, that fear, that idea of, you know, I could sit in the spoken word piece and talk, boldly and and believe it but that doesn't mean that that the negative thoughts don't come as well and even this morning like you know you really gonna say that in the poem (laughs) and it's like yes I really am you know so you can't stop thoughts from just popping into your head but I am a firm believer in challenging your thoughts and if it's not something that's beneficial to you if it's not helpful or healthy Keep going anyway, you yes. know, because you're going to feel though that nervousness. You're going to feel that, ooh, I shouldn't do this. But a lot of times that shouldn't is something that you learned from outside of yourself. It's mm-hmm. something that society would say. It's it's not something that's organically a part of you. And so I just try to deal with that by, you know, pressing in to who I am, <laughs> to, the, to the authentic me, not that me that is afraid or that is, you know, 
uh, negative or whatever, because that's not really who I am. I have to press into the to the authenticity of of myself in order to keep going. And and another thing too, I think it can be painful when you are uh, a truth teller, you mm-hmm. are a change maker. Um, is it can be a scary space when you are the one with the microphone saying things that other people are just thinking. But for me, I've gotten to a place where it's more painful not to say it. Mm. It's more painful mm. for me not to walk in my purpose. You are the word. <laughs> it's, it's, it's harder yes. for me not to do the things that God has called me to do. It's harder for me to sit still than it is for me. It's like, choose your heart. Mm-hmm. Choose your heart. Either you're going to walk forward. You're going to, you know, I'm talking to everybody right now. You're either going to go to that new job and not know what you're doing and figure it out. Or you're going to have to deal with the heart of staying where you are. Yes. You know, you're going to have to, you know, uh, deal with this hard or this hard over here, the hard of walking in your purpose or really the misery of not, mm. you know what I mean? You can deal with hard, but who wants to live a miserable life? Right. So I think that's how I deal with some of those fears and stuff that kick in. It's like, well, honey, I can't stay here. Like, I know it's scary to keep walking forward, but we can't stay here and we can't go backwards. So we can't, we can't. And you know, one thing you said during your spoken word piece that I love, you said that, you know, you had to unlearn and learn. And we underestimate the power of unlearning. A lot of times we always focus on, oh, you got to learn and learn how to become better, learn how to grow, learn all of these different skills. But how do you unlearn some of these behaviors? Mm -hmm. What does that look like? And um, yeah, no, I just, I really appreciate that you talked about that because I know even for me, there's still some things I'm unlearning, Mm -hmm. like certain mindset things Mm -hmm. where I'll be like, okay, all right, well, money doesn't grow on trees and you know, just certain negative stuff right. like that. And I'm like, you know what? I need to get that out of my my thought process because that's not in alignment with abundance. Right, exactly. Because I'm, I'm automatically thinking lack. Like, okay, I don't have it. What do I do? Oh, I don't have enough of this. Mm-hmm. I don't have enough of that. So just me unlearning this whole idea of just lack, yes. you know, is a process. So, yeah, yeah no, I love that you touched on that. Because, um, you know, we're we're constantly growing and becoming better as women. So, yeah, no, I appreciated that a lot. Absolutely. That unlearning, I think, is something that is <laughs> mandatory. You just, you got to do it. And and it's hard because you got to challenge. It, it's a challenge to the people that taught it to you. You know, you love them. You want to you wanna honor them. You want to respect them. But sometimes you have to challenge what they said. And it's like you got to eat the fish and throw away the bone. So it's like I can love you know, my parents, grandparents, or whoever passed down some of these messages and still throw away some of the stuff that they said because mm. it, it didn't even fit them. And so, you know, they just lived with it. But it definitely doesn't fit me or my goals or my dreams, you know. Um, so I'm definitely going through that same process of unlearning. Um, there go another episode because we, no, we, we need we need to talk about money. We need to talk about money, you know, because you, in order to get some more of it, you're going to have to unlearn what you think about it right now. Bottom line. So, well, let me ask you this. Like, what are you looking forward to this season? Because I know the first season, and by the way, I just want to share this with our listeners. So we're not recording on Zoom anymore. (laughs) We have upped our game. We are at Kazuki and Studios here in Memphis. Um, And so we we decided that we wanted to really elevate our show and, um, you know, reach a wider audience. And we knew that like the quality of the sound and just the quality of our show needed to reflect that, like who we're trying to reach. Um, so we are, you know, officially recording in Kazuki and studio. So shout out to them. Yeah. Shout out to the team. 
And um, yeah, for season two. So like, what are you excited about this season? <sighs> wow, that is a loaded question. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. I think the topics um, push the envelope way more than they did the first season. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what excites me and it's what scares me. Yes. Right? So, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. I don't. I'm glad that I'm not feeling a hundred percent comfortable. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. I feel a little sitting like I'm sitting on hot coals a little bit. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, and I think that's good because to me that means you're growing. It means you're changing. I'm not a hundred percent settled in, mm-hmm. right? And so I love that feeling. Um, and season one was great. Um, but I think we were kind of getting our our balance. We were trying to figure things out. And um, now I think we both have changed so much mm-hmm. <laughs> and life has thrown so many different curveballs um, that I think it's just going to be even more of us being ourselves this season. And I think that's going to scare both of us a little bit. And that's Oof. what I think that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to those. I cannot believe I said that moments. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's what I'm, what I'm looking forward to because we have some topics that's going to bring some of that stuff out and we have some things that are taboo that mm-hmm. you're not supposed to say that you're not right. supposed to go down that avenue and we are going down if, you know, foot on the gas. Yes, we are. So that's what I'm ready for. I know <laughs> me like same thing. I'm really excited about the topics as well. And, um, yeah, I, I, I even thought about it. I was like, I know, like, for a few of these, few of these episodes, I'm probably going to have to bring a box of tissues up in there because I might break down and I might, you know, really open up in a way that I have not done in the past. Mm-hmm. Because even now, like, it still takes a lot for me to feel like, okay, just let your guard down. It's okay. It's safe. Nobody mm-hmm. is here to harm you. Just, you know, it's just you, BJ, and people who have supported the show and who are listening mm-hmm. and let your guard down a little bit more. Um, so yeah, this season I am like going to reveal some things that I've never shared with anyone yeah. about just certain things that I've experienced in life and how it made me feel, how I've had to process and overcome those obstacles. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to be very real this mm-hmm. season. Absolutely. And I think, you know, there's something to be said um, for what you just mentioned that we do have a safe space with each other. Right. And we have a safe space in the studio. Um, but once we hit that release button, we're not in a safe space anymore. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's once true. once we put it on uh, Spotify and um, Google Podcasts and, and all of our other platforms, we open ourselves up to the world and Scary, to the criticism of, of people, to the celebration and criticism of people, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, um, but that's mandatory. It is. You know what I mean? That is mandatory. That's when when lives start to change, mm-hmm. is when you put yourself out there and you open up for people to give their opinion. Yes. And um, so for me, it's been I am going to speak more because we're in a safe space in here. <laughs> but also realizing that out there is not a safe space and that's OK. I'm going to be all right. Mm, I love that. You know what? I didn't even think about that part. Like we opening ourselves up to criticism. I guess the guy was just like, well, <laughs> so. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And it, and I think it takes a certain level of uh, courage to do what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're coming with it this season, y'all. And, um, yeah, please be sure to tune in every week because I think this is probably going to be 
the best season yet. And we're only in our second season. So, of course, it's, it's going to be. It's going to be, though. <laughs> like I said, that like we had like 20 seasons before this. But, no, it's going to be a great season. And I think there is going to be a lot of transformation that takes place. Mm-hmm. And we're hoping that we can engage with you all, too, as we post our, um, you know, post our podcast episodes every week that you can reach out to us and, Mm -hmm. and let us know what your thoughts are and what Mm -hmm. your experiences are. And we're we're really hoping to have more of a connection with everyone this season as well. Absolutely. And there've been people shout out to the, you know, the faithful followers. There've been people that have been waiting that have been like, okay, we ready. You know, that somebody, (laughs) whenever we say, all right, we coming back, they'll be like, we, we ready and waiting, you know? So, you know, shout out to those people who are uh, looking forward to, um, what we have to offer. And then those new people who are coming along. And I just want everybody to keep in mind, the goal here is healing. That's what we're looking for. You know, spoken word, unspoken issues, collective healing. So we're, that's, um, you know, our mantra, that's what we're going after. And, um, you have to acknowledge things before you can heal from it. Yes. You know, and sometimes healing is painful. Mm -hmm. The healing process itself you go through pain. Even when you're physically healing from something, it's you go through some pain during the healing process. So um, some band-aids are going to have to be ripped off mm-hmm. of ourselves. We're doing it first for ourselves and then for our listeners as well. So I'm just looking forward to it. You all follow us, MJ and the Word Podcast, on uh, Instagram and Facebook um, so that you can connect uh, with us. Make sure you follow us on uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, go ahead and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a week. But we would love to get your feedback. Good, bad, and ugly, honey. Bring it. Now, we're not going to go back and forth with you in those comments. <laughs> but we do want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> we ain't got that kind of time to be arguing with folks. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, definitely check us out this season and follow us, uh, like BJ said. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to connecting with all of you all this season and uh, tune in every week. That's right. We got some hot topics lined up. I'm fighting it now because <laughs> I want to tell y'all what they are, but I'm not going to tell you. But we got some things. Y'all, we just got some things. It's, it's just time it to is. deal with some things. And we are going to really get we're coming out the gate getting personal. Yep. So this first um, episode, you know, this is personal and we're about to get even more personal as the season goes along. So stay tuned, man. Stay tuned, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Y'all be good. All right. Take care.